Scott and Liam versus Evil. Hello and welcome everyone to the latest episode of Scott and Liam versus Evil. Now I know we have been away for a very long time. I believe the last time we jumped up on your iTunes or SoundCloud was the 13th of August and that's pretty much two months to the date. But we have added a shit ton of stuff in our personal lives going on from holidays, weddings, stag do's, the lot. But that's us. prostitutes. (laughs) Killing those (laughs) prostitutes, trying to bury them under the house. But that is all all in the past now and we are ready to get back into watching some scary and shit and horrible movies and then discuss them for the pleasure of you guys and until we watch the disgusting and brilliant horror films we'll do one more Nicolas Cage film (laughs) (laughs) there's always room for Nicolas Cage Uh, so this episode 75 I'm Liam and I'm Scott and what have you been up to since we, we were last year well, let's just uh, think here, because I'm trying to think back. My memory is absolutely terrible. So, basically, in the end of August, I went on my honeymoon to Mexico. And I spent two weeks in Mexico at the Moon Palace. And uh, I got a lovely tan. I drank some nice beers and ate loads of lovely tacos. And I climbed a, an old monument. Yeah. Sounds fun. My mum still keeps talking about how well you looked when you were all tanned and skinny and stuff. Yeah. See if I make an effort. It's fucking weird. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're probably ages, like the same age as my dad. So you, <laughs> you, could, you could technically be my new father, which is fucking weird. <laughs> it's, uh, men men grow uh, better with age. That's just uh, it's a proven fact. And I think I definitely will age like uh, George Clooney. Like a fine whiskey? Like a fine whiskey. <laughs> uh, I have not been on a honeymoon. Uh, or not my honeymoon not a honeymoon that anyone knows I was on uh, and I've just been working and I went to Vietnam yes did you try and get in touch with my communist roots did you see any of the, the war stuff was there any um, holes in the ground and stuff uh, I'd seen plenty of holes in the ground I don't know if it had anything to do with the war <laughs> but we did museums and stuff but it was North Vietnam and it was fucking brilliant but they're so all the museum stuff it was like oh when the American imperialists invaded and uh, like they acted like they showed the prisoners of war like such a good time as if like the Americans were so happy to be caught with the Vietnamese and there was letters that like John McCain and stuff wrote home it says stuff like I, I feel terrible at bombing this beautiful country the, the Vietnamese will definitely win the war with their dedication and you're just reading it like one million percent there was a gun to your head and you were being whipped the entire time you were fucking writing that. Was that been... Senator John McCain? Yeah, yeah. He, was he, in, was he, he in the war? He was shot down and landed in a lake in Hanoi and then the Vietnamese fished him out and put him into the prisoner war camp. Oh, which really? was called, well, they called it the Hanoi Hilton because the <laughs> Vietnamese were like, oh, we're, we're treating them with all due respect. But they weren't. They were that. <laughs> but when you're in the museum, you think like, you believe all the shit that they're telling you because obviously it's still a communist country. But apart from that, it was the fucking tits. What was the food like? It was cheap as fuck and really? delicious. Yeah, like uh, you get your if you were eating from like the street vendors or like the weekend of street. I say restaurants; they're not restaurants; they're just tiled like fronts to people's houses because they live and like they're basically 
the building that they're in is their house and their business. Uh-huh. So it, it'd be like you having a wee restaurant in your living room and right. you just sleep at the back of it. Right. Uh, some of the places, like you'd have like a full meal and a beer and stuff for the pay reason, it'd be like £3. Oh, that's actually quite good. That's my favourite type of food is delicious and cheap. <laughs> All delicious and cheap. There was some stuff, obviously, you could get that would be fucking weird. Like, I, I don't like a lot of fish. They, they offer you a lot of fish. A lot of like, fish with heads and eyes. Yeah, yeah. And then the, in the markets, they sell this big, that's it, they have this one stall, this big giant net. And I was like, what the fuck is that? I couldn't really see it because it was a bit dark. And it was those giant toads. See the ones that were like all over Australia and it was killing dogs because dogs were picking them up and the, the the back of the toad was poisonous. Right. So it was like wiping out like Australians' dog population. They, they were selling them. You've got to like skin it properly and then eat them. And I was like, I'm not eating a fucking toad. I, I wouldn't I want... a lot of stuff in my mouth and I'm not putting a fucking toad in it. I wouldn't want to eat something that potentially could kill me either. I, I sometimes like the danger aspect. <laughs> but... I, I wouldn't I wouldn't trust myself to skin it I need somebody that actually knew what they were doing because I like the idea of danger but <laughs> if it creeped in that no this actually could kill me then I suppose I'm maybe not yeah it's like that uh, it's like that poisonous fish that they put the, the sushi on Are you is that uh, from the Simpsons yeah but it is a, it is a real thing <laughs> is like, it like a puffer fish yeah oh, yeah. fugu a fugu and there's just one small part of it that's that's you can eat the rest it will kill you. Why the fuck would you ever even? Why like I mean, think of everything there is to eat in the whole world. Why would you put yourself at that risk? Yeah, it, like that one wee bit can't be that delicious. Yeah. But it just tastes like normal fish. Yeah. Sometimes I think that though, see when you get ingredients that are so expensive, rich people just be like, "Oh, this is the most delicious thing I've ever tasted," and you're like, "Is it really though, or is it just because it's expensive?" We do. We do in uh, Thailand. We were talking about shark fin soup, and they kept going on about it. And apparently it's just so fucking tasteless. Like, yeah. you just get the shark, take the fin off it, make a soup, rich people buy it, and it tastes of none. It's just fishy water. That's exactly my point then. Rich people, pretentious rich people, not just like, because you get good rich people, pretentious rich people. They're just dick, dickheads. <laughs> oh, and that Vietnam was good. Yeah. <laughs> We have picked for the first episode back Pay the Ghost, a Nicolas Cage movie from Netflix that's sent around Halloween and we thought that's pretty much perfect for coming back in October, the best month of the year for us horror aficionados. Um, and we thought, oh, this is going to be great because as we all know, we love Nicolas Cage here at Scotland vs. Evil because he is batshit bonkers crazy. So he's going to be crazy in this movie, isn't he? Yeah. Mm. Can I just go roll back? When you say we picked Pay the Ghost, you literally mean... <laughs> You picked Pay the Ghost. I picked, I picked Pay the Ghost, <laughs> yeah, this is my pick. Which is quite crap for me because normally I pick good movies and, uh, well, you'll hear what we think of it. Or you'll hear what I think of it anyway. <laughs> well, Pay the Ghost it came out in 2015. It was directed by Ulai Idel. Do you know what else he directed, Scott? Uh, no. He directed The Little Vampire. Oh, did he? <laughs> which, <laughs> which I was in. Therefore, basically with the whole Six Degrees of Separation... Me and Nicholas Cage are pals and colleagues. <laughs> colleagues. To be honest, I don't actually think I've even seen the director because I, well, I was literally there just to walk past the camera. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he directed this, which is a long way away from The Little Vampire, which yeah. was actually a good film. No, do you see this? I was wondering, so is that all he's done? He's, he's done Pay the Ghost in The Little Vampire? 
No, no, he's done other things. All oh, right, okay. Because yeah, you know, yeah, sometimes yeah. you see that, and you see, you look at the IMDb, and you think, this looks like you have. If, you, if your only job as a film director, this looks like you have not worked for the last seventeen years. Well, he has done TV miniseries, TV movies. Uh, he directed the Bader Meinhof Complex, and yeah, to be honest, he's done the little vampire and pay the ghost. <laughs> nah, yeah. I have no idea what any of that other shit is. Yeah. So you should probably have stuck to just maybe a sequel to the Little Vampire rather than this nonsense that we're going to talk about. But that would that would be quite good. Have you seen there's a, an animated version of the Little Vampire? Did I show you that? Is there? Aye. Is is my character in it? I think so. Did you not get any royalties? Little boy bike pusher too. Yeah. <laughs> I fuck it. They better not be using my likeness, or Ulai Dell's going to get a fucking quite an angry phone call from bike pusher number two. <laughs> uh, so Pretty Ghost was written by Tim LeBon, who wrote the novel. Apparently, this was a novel, which makes me never want to read again. Yes. Uh, and the screenplay was written by Dan Kay. It stars Nicolas Cage, who we do all love, despite being in some fucking nonsense. Sarah Wayne Callies, who I think was in some sort of really terrible, terrible TV programme. And Veronica Ferris, who I don't even know who she plays. <laughs> My notes are from the 16th of September 2018, so this is when we were, We did plan to have all these episodes done, right? That's a, that's, that's a wee peek behind the curtain. We did plan to keep working through all our personal uh, uh, social events, but it didn't happen. So that's when I watched this movie, the 16th of September. So T- Tell me you rewatched it again, though, like, for this recording. No, I'm just hoping that my notes are uh, full enough that I can that I can remember. It's right. I just fucking hate myself because I've watched that again. <laughs> <laughs> I actually put myself through this movie twice. Okay, so you'll be uh, you'll be ready for this then, and you'll be able to keep me keep me right. I think I fell asleep both times, but oh, you you the, done this the, yeah, the Scott the Scott Hurley method of watching uh, movies. <laughs> <laughs> I but I didn't watch it in a fucking three inch screen <laughs> under my covers <laughs> with fucking headphones on. I did watch it in a big TV, so I probably took in more more than the, the Scott Hurley method. <laughs> so yeah, pay the ghost. Let's let's start. When is Dad coming home? He should be on his way right now. Outside my window. Oh, baby, you're having a nightmare, huh? Come on in. We'll keep each other safe. Nice! Let's get some ice cream. Hey, I really need you to stay close to me, and I need you to look where you're going, okay? Dad, can we pay the ghost? Pay the what? Charlie! Did you see where my son went? Carly! Carly! Where's Charlie? Where's Charlie? I was holding his hand. I, I looked everywhere. How are you holding up? All I had to do was protect him. And isn't that what a father does? He protects. I've been doing some research. Did you know that more children who disappear on Halloween don't ever come back? What if all of these missing children they're all connected. What if there's something behind it? You can't keep beating yourself up. It won't bring him back. My son isn't dead. It has all the children. It's here. Until I know what happened to him, I am not going to stop looking.
is something different out there and it's taking children. Why didn't you protect him? When you're going, you ain't coming back. Where have you been? See what, Charlie? Look again. Spoiler. We will spoil the shit out of it. I don't think it's going to ruin Pay the Ghost for you because it's nonsense. But just if you if you really want to know the ending of Pay the Ghost before we spoil it, pause this, go put yourself through that, and then come back and listen to us tell you how wrong you are that you actually went and bought to watch it. <laughs> Spoiler warning. My first note, this movie starts with four kids in the basement. Yep. And I say there's no explanation for that whatsoever. Until later on, obviously. Uh, because it's better keeping them in the basement than anywhere upstairs, because when they scream and stuff, the neighbours can hear. <laughs> see, see the, uh, the thing is, though, see, I don't think that it added anything having that scene at the beginning. Like, see when you find out what those kids are? Like, we could just find out what the kids are later on. You didn't need to have that, like... To preface the whole movie, I don't think it, I don't think it was a good like entrance to what was supposed to happen. It was just like, I, what the hell was that? I don't get it. And then it moves on. But uh, see, I think it worked because with that first like minute, I was like, oh shit, this could be good because it gave me a wee kind of feeling of the witch, where it's like, ah, oh, kind of yieldy world. That this could be quite interesting. And then Nicholas Cage appears and it just all goes to shit. <laughs> That's what it's like Nicholas Cage though, so here we go. And I still expect them to be batshit crazy, but you know, again, we'll get there. Uh, <laughs> and obviously, yeah, Sarah Wayne Callies, like you mentioned, obviously, yep, she was in The Walking Dead. Uh, oh, is that what it was? I, yeah. I, I knew, I knew it was shit, but I just couldn't remember the name. Of it. But do you remember that? Do you remember Fright Fest when her movie uh, Behind the Door played, and the director was there, uh-huh. and we we heard the guy out in the the foyer, the the film theater, speaking to the director saying. Or what was it like to work with Sarah Wayne Callies? Because just like a character in The Walking Dead, and then the way she did it in your movie too, she just looked so bland and like a really crap person. It was some, I don't know, some other pretentious, it was that pretentious guy. And it was some like weird way he said it, like, um, oh, she just looks, if she plays the same character and everything, bland, no personality. Is that what she's like in real life? And the director turned around and says, that woman's a friend of mine. And just walked away from her. <laughs> I was like, oh, oh. And that's also why we don't speak to anyone at Fright Fest. Yeah, yeah. Because that, that's the type of idiotic thing we would say after two bottles of red wine. Yeah. Uh, she does actually seem quite bland in Borno, so I kind of get the guy's No, no, no. There's, there's, no, there's some good scenes of her in this uh, this movie, and they, they all kind of happen at the start, so we'll get to them. Like, the mix <laughs> makes her all right. But, mm. but I think the first time we see uh, Nicholas Cage, he's wearing a sweater vest, sweater vest cage. Now, sorry, go on. Do you think sweater vest cage could pull Sarah Wayne? I think he's punching. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, every movie where Nicholas Cage actually has like a, a female co-star, I think he's punching. Just because of what he's like as a personality, I think he shouldn't. He shouldn't ever be allowed to be with a woman. <laughs> <laughs> the, the characters he plays in these movies are, are is not like they, at, the, at the beginning or if he if he goes full on cage rage, you don't really know that that's how he's going to react until a bit. So you, you think that 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 whole personality, that bonkers personality we know and love him for, the characters in the movie don't know that. So basically, he's just looking like Nicolas Cage, 
and obviously it's it's not all about looks. Some people have personality and all the rest of it. But uh, anyway, in this movie, I think he's punching. His character's punching. Yeah, definitely. Do you also think every Nicolas Cage movie is written by himself just to live out some sort of fantasy of people he wanted to be? Like yeah, this just, is the is the is the kind of history teacher. So this is the, he's Indiana Jones. He, he was determined that he's going to one day do Superman. And it's like every movie, he, he, he makes himself out to be like some badass, fucking great career. Personality, he's never just a bland, normal guy, ever. Yeah. <laughs> but see, see when, um, says, why is it though, right, so he says a, a, a university professor, why is it in, when a character is a university professor, they're always the, the fun one that swears in class and gets right in and like, manages to teach the kids. And there's always, there's always a hot 20-year-old that fancies him to the point that you try and start an affair. That, yeah, that, yeah, that that's, is just that's, that's just a high school zone, isn't it? Cliche. That's why I wanted to get into high school teaching. No, he's called a college teaching. The high school wins are too young. Oh, I sorry, I meant college. That was a Freudian slip. <laughs> <laughs> it does. Uh, it does set the scene at the beginning. It takes place at Halloween. I think it's in New York, so it's like a kind of almost. It's not a suburb of New York, but it's just slightly out the city. It's like. Um, what kind of it's like Hey Arnold style house fronts like yeah, Sex and the City style big right, stoops like and stuff townhouses and stuff yeah yeah, like yeah. Um, and then the, the dad's workaholic that wasn't even there to carve the pumpkin on Halloween Eve the kid is very understanding <laughs> even though the dad keeps making promises that he can't keep and that's like the setup of the family and the and the, uh, the mum is getting frustrated with it however when he does come home and after they've spoke to the son and the son understands that he was too late uh, Sarah Wayne grabs his manhood and demonstrates that she is, as uh, Baz from Podcast Under the Stairs puts it, choking for a poking. <laughs> she is very much choking for a poking. I have no comeback. Or no yeah, she totally is in this movie, which makes us <laughs> even sexier in my eyes. Right, so, yeah, I've got a question, right? Just This is just in general. You know how, so there's one scene at the beginning, he's out in the street trying to flag a taxi, right? Now, yeah. see when they film a scene where a taxi won't stop in the streets of New York? Do you think that there's a person just out of shot in front of him with a sign saying "Don't stop for Nicolas Cage"? Because you surely cannot stop an entire New York street. Or do you um, think it's like um, camera tricks where they're actually not on New York Street; they're in a Glasgow street and they've just stopped the whole thing? The, yeah. the the idea that they've shot any of Manhattan down for this film is <laughs> preposterous. <laughs> uh, it will just be another city, but they will probably have managed to shut the street down, or at least get some fake taxis. Because there's hundreds of them, but yeah. <laughs> uh, so, have we seen? We've now seen a little boy dressed up at this point. Yes, because they're out trick or treating. My next note: they're just trick or treating. Oh, you, you, you got to talk about. I know what you're going to talk about. <laughs> right, Nicholas Cage is a college professor, probably on decent money. Uh-huh. Sarah Wayne Callies looks quite presentable. She's probably got a nice job as well. They live in a townhouse in Manhattan, so they're not shy a pound or two. For a wee boy's pirate costume, why the fuck can they not afford a real eye patch? Why have they got to paint one in his face so you still see his eye and it's obviously not an eye patch? I know. I was, I was like, why the fuck have they not put an actual eye patch on him? It looks ridiculous. He's, he's like a little pirate panda because his eye's still there. He's just all black around it. Just buy a fucking eye patch. Like, I, 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 don't, I don't get the point of it. Is it so you can see... Both his eyes looking up at the big fucking shitey CGI vulture that you're about to see <laughs> in the next scene, or is it just? I, I, I don't get it. 
I don't put an eye patch on them, I put a real one. Don't just fucking paint it on. Yeah. Also, when they were at trick-or-treating, that boy collected a shit piss poor amount of candy. I remember filling up like two or three bags when I went out and like full bin bags, no even just like carrier bags. And I was only I was only going around about guys in the Allerton, which was only about three three thousand people, probably like so that's a lot less amount of houses. But I think times were different back then. Like see see now, I don't get anyone at my door at Halloween. Do you not? We get hundreds. I, I get nobody. Like even if even if we made the house look presentable, like we want kids to come to the door, which uh, I'm not you don't. To do anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, People, just kids aren't out trick-or-treating uh, near my house, whereas, like you, back like years ago when we were younger, everyone was out and you went around the whole village. You were out for like fucking four or five yeah. hours. It was amazing. Now, I think it's different, but I think that's just because there's so many pedos and folk are afraid that their wings <laughs> are going to get beasted. <laughs> I suppose. See, at my house, right, we, we get fucking hundreds of kids and then see you about nine o'clock, that's when the neddy kids for the kind of rougher screams, they come up to the house and you're like, and they're not even dressed up, they're just like, ah, Right, mate, what you give me? You're like, <laughs> fuck's sake, man. And that's like, honestly, if you don't give them some sweets, your windows are getting put in. <laughs> I'm so glad I don't live where you live. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, so the the been out trick-or-treating and Nicholas Cage is late and he comes home just as they're ready to go back in the house and uh, the carnival's playing. So you assume it's only about, what, nine o'clock at night or something like that? Like, because it's still, people are still out and about, but they want to take their wee boy home. Who I don't know how old he is, maybe about seven or eight? That'd be right. Yeah, yeah, roughly. I can never tell how old kids are. Um, <laughs> and that's the story I'll stick to. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Nicholas Cage convinces Sarah Wayne that he's, he can take the kids to the carnival, which is just kind of around the back. It's like in a must be a cleaner or Central Park or something. I don't know what it's supposed to be. Uh, it's literally the, happening on their doorstep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can see it. You can hear and see it. Uh, so around they go, and then they go up to an ice cream van. And he turns his back for just a second, and the boy is gone. Yeah. Now, is he just before this? The little boy's seen like that big CGI. Oh yeah, that's right. Vulture, like the, the kids started to see things. So when you're watching it and you're really intrigued, you're like, "Oh, something spooky's going on! Look at that big vulture in the middle of Manhattan." And now he he, I guess, he then says the title of the film, doesn't he? Yeah, he, he looks at his dad and he says, "Pay the ghost." Yeah. Now, he's been seeing the creature and the bird and said the title of the film, so are we to believe that this would have happened regardless if they went to the carnival or not? Uh, I, th- I, I assume so, yeah. Maybe just easier to kidnap Wayne's at carnivals yeah. as opposed to actually going to the house and getting them. Yeah. You, want to, you want to go where they've got to go. There's no point in going trying to kidnap Wayne's for like fucking an empty field. Sweet <laughs> shops. That's why Pedo's own sweet shops. <laughs> Do they? I don't know. I think so. <laughs> I feel. I feel like we've just wrote off all sweet shop owners as pedophiles. Though. Well, the the child snatcher for Chet Chet Bang Bang had a candy candy truck. He decorated like a candy truck. I always thought that about ice cream vans. Like it is always laid up in such a way that there could be a cage in the back. Yeah, but I suppose you're not actually meant to climb it in an ice cream van. It would be too obvious, wouldn't it? Is that I'd... why the window's so high so you can't actually lean out and bring like grab them in? <laughs> Yeah, they're designed in such a way you need to... And I'm, I'm assuming you need to have some kind of disclosure to work to be an ice cream van, like you need a permit or something. You can't just drive about in a van with uh, stuff in it. I don't know. The ice cream van guy that used to go about uh, when I was younger, our village, like, he's the one that rented me, like, fucking 
so many dodgy VHSs. That, I remember uh, you telling us this, yeah. There's no, there's no danger there was any disclosure done on him. Our, our ice cream van guy used to, uh, he would buy us fireworks if we allowed his uh, young grandson <laughs> to come and watch us set them off. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, for, for being an ice cream van, man, you do not need to fill out any forms or have any, any of your background checked. So it's actually an ideal uh, occupation for a pedo. Yeah. I, 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 doubt, I don't think there's an ice cream van kind of association that go about and make sure that all the, the drivers are legit. Aye. There should be. There should be. I, yeah, I think you think there should be. And also, your kids are just buying sweets out of the, the back of a van. Like yeah. that is inherently dangerous as it is. How do you know he's not fucking laced ice cream with some sort of poison? I know. <laughs> Chloroform. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that's, I, I'm taking that seriously. It's it's very serious. Maybe maybe we're onto something here. I suppose if mm. I suppose if that happened regularly, you'd have more people. Dying and going missing. Maybe that's where all the missing kids are. Maybe it's one ice cream van man, and he just goes about like just all the times, and he only takes a kid like once a month. But because it happens so like far apart, nobody thinks it's linked. It would need to be it need to be like that, wouldn't it? You couldn't you couldn't just go about. You couldn't just be snatching kids on a daily basis. No, no for the same street. People no. would, obviously people would catch on quite quickly. I think. I suppose you don't really want to kidnap the wins. If 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 selling ice cream is your livelihood, you actually you want more kids to be there with their mum and dad's cash to buy more ice cream. So I suppose kidnapping them is probably totally against the business model of ice cream banning. Do you want to be lacing your ice cream with like smack or something so they might come back and buy more? Aye, but that could also be a thing. Maybe that's what we're about to uncover. That's probably that's probably more realistic. Yeah. I've, anyway, I, I think, no, I think. Uh, <laughs> I think losing your kid would be the worst experience in the world. See, run about like when I was writing these notes, like when watching this film, uh, my sister Dawn had shared um, a, a Twitter post to me and my brother in our, in our wee group chat, and it was uh, it was a CCTV video, CCTV video of a bunch of different kids getting snatched, like literally people just grabbing them out of shops, away from parents, like just walking up to a kid in the street and then putting in the back of a van, and it's it is horrifying to watch. It is horrible and. See realistically, see the minute someone is out of your sight, you could potentially never see them again. Like I think yeah. I could, I think I could vanish from you quite easily. Uh, no, I, I, I'd fight for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'd chase them down. But have you ever seen? Oh, have you, seen that, have you seen that program where where they say, um, like, can you go off grid and evade our like personal detectives if you can stay away from them for like four weeks, then you win the prize money? Have you seen that uh-huh. program? That program was yeah, yeah, my yeah. once or twice. I think I could do it. I don't know. All you, all you need to do is lift all your money at once and then never use your own phone. I but I think you, they'd, they'd still find you. There's there's so many CCTV cameras and all that shit, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get away at all. And also, I know for a fact that if I was away, like, within six hours, I'd have checked my Facebook. And I'd literally be sending out... IP address signals that they would know exactly where I was because I still couldn't stay away. I'd have to check Facebook or Instagram or upload a picture of where I was. Like a nice arty photo of the forest that I'm hiding in. And the black we caught you because on the picture it says, look, what wood you were in? I'm a bastard. I'm sure you're this game. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't think I could do it. I don't, I don't, think, I don't think you could either. Hmm. Right. Maybe um, we should try it. Maybe we should, I should try it. Yeah. 
Uh, so I get, I think we get to see the vultures again up close. I think there's three of them. Uh, that I think, mm-hmm. I think they're maybe eating a dead body or some kind of something like that. But see up close, I thought they were kind of creepy looking, but up close they were not. And I do think that crows, crows are creepier than vultures overall, yeah. just in general. I think vultures are just creepy because what they actually stand for. That if you see a vulture, it is because something either you're going to die or there's something dead near you. Whereas crows can just be like just like eating bread at the garden. Yeah, I suppose. I think ravens are scarier because their beaks are massive and I don't want to be pecked by them. In fact, uh, tell a lie, fucking pigeons are scarier. Pigeons. See when you walk through like John Square or just a built up area and there's pigeons. Lena keeps slagging me and saying I'm shit feet of pigeons. I'm not shit feet of pigeons. I just don't like like fucking 20 things all flying up in my face at the same time. I don't they're, like fucking winged rats. I, I don't like them because I don't like getting shot on. I never liked that either. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, in, in fact, I think pigeon's the ultimate scary bird. Mm. Or a pterodactyl. Yeah, well, obviously. That's probably, that's probably the ultimate scary bird. Um, right. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen... Uh, so, um, is, now, how far are we? I've got a slightly creepy homeless town scene with a woman wailing. Is this that's the first time where, where he's went to try and investigate something? Yeah, he's basically... He, he, this pay the ghost thing. He's seen it painted on a wall and he's went to investigate down at the kind of skid row. Oh, yeah. Now, we get a CGI ghost face behind Cage at this point. Um, I, I don't know if it was good or bad. That's all I've wrote. <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. All the CGI. Now, even the poster for the movie, Nicolas Cage's face isn't actually on his body. <laughs> so Somebody has took his facial features and put it on like just a generic head and then put it onto a generic body. It is the worst put together poster and CGI I've ever seen. <laughs> I think it's a very reserved performance from Nicolas Cage so far in this movie. He's, he is playing Troubled very well. Uh, and Sarah Wayne as well. Apart from when the boy went missing and he shouted, this is my son's hat, this hat. My son was wearing this hat. Where is my son? This is his hat. This is my son's hat. Like, literally, we get it, it's his hat. Are you more raging that you have his son's hat or are you raging that you've lost your son? That's when I thought, that's when I thought the Nick Cage freakout was going to come because it was building up and then I was actually quite disappointed that it just ended there. Yeah. See, um, now, there's a digital camera somewhere, right? Uh-huh. The fucking ghost is in the digital camera making it go analogue-style static with VHS stress warp lines. This is something that annoys the absolute fuck out of me. <laughs> so that's, I, that, I, that's cheaply, I, badly done. I can totally done. understand yeah. that. Yeah. It's just bad, bad like this decision making from whoever made this film. Did you know that you described it like fucking about 30 episodes ago though, where you were like, is it just that the, the people come up doing the effects are so young that they don't realise what static is? Or that, like that stuff, obviously can't happen in digital format. Yeah. Just like, oh, make it look old, make it look spooky. They don't actually quite realise that that doesn't work on that medium. Yeah, I think that's I think that's what it is. They don't realise what VHS was. Mm. There is there's a kind of creepy scene with a moving scooter that works quite well. I've not got a note for that, so I don't remember Mm. that. I take a word for it though. Right. Now, here's my question, right? Now, if they paid the ghost with their kid, yeah? Yeah. Why are they now getting haunted? 
what makes the kid so special that he can reach out from the ghost's grasp but the, the other wee boy and the wee Chinese lassie can't that's a thing that really annoys me so there's like four kids at the start and have we found out then the historical significance of this year like what has actually happened is I don't think we've happened? fully found out you know he's he's told them he's, he must have he must have told them a bit because if I know that they paid the ghost with their kid but yeah assume that they she shouldn't be haunting them at Down in Skid Row he, he finds this blind man and he says pay the ghost what is this and the guy takes him away and then shows him this wall where pay, pay the ghost has been written on it hundreds of times yeah but he doesn't know anything else and you think right fair enough you then find out that it's the witch that was burnt in, uh, along with our three kids so this witch ghost comes back every so often every year is it? I think it's every year yeah and takes three kids three kids so, the same as you, why why not just make it the one kid? It's all about him and his son. The other two kids, uh, there's no there's no need for them to be in the story. Yeah. If it followed the three parents trying to find the three kids, fair enough, but right now you've got Nicolas Cage finding his son, that's the most important thing. The other two kids, mum and dad, obviously don't give a flying fuck or don't care enough to go investigate. Why yeah. even have that in the story? But was were they both the same year? The other two kids, because when he when, when he goes and sees the family, the wee boy, they're like living in squalor, and like um, they're they're he, the dad's like all fucked up and stuff, as if it's happened like a long time ago, and he'd fully like, like abandoned all hope. No, it is definitely the same year. It's like three kids every year because she was born with her three kids. So I don't think there's any explanation as to no. why. Yeah. But again, it is a Nicolas Cage movie. The logic and like storyline and stuff go clean out the window. Yeah. What I do like though, right, is that uh, Nicolas Cage phones up um, the police. He's got like a lead on this ghost or this woman like stealing three kids, and he tells the the policeman. I don't know if he's a family friend. And uh, if the police like comes up, tells him, "Look, we're looking for him. Right, we've got people out. We're looking for him. That's that's the the bottom line here." He puts the phone down, and then he actually goes and uh, follows through with that. Uh, with that, with that lead that Nicholas Cage gave him, I thought that's actually pretty good that he's actually following up. He's not just like saying no, like your ridiculous supernatural nonsense is nonsense. <laughs> ridiculous and supernatural. Yeah. <laughs> so is this? Well, then has he met the psychiatrist yet? I don't know if he's met the psychiatrist, but in my notes, he has went to the Chinese restaurant where he's found the Chinese Chinese actress is not Chinese. Her accent is bad. <laughs> Her Chinese language is no bad though. But it's also where. Um, there's a fire in the fryer and the Chinese worker clearly has no fire safety training whatsoever trying to put that out. <laughs> and then we're about kids going on fire. The kids go on fire. Are you watching the same film? <laughs> kids going on fire, CGI terrible. We great kids that appear in the house, good. <laughs> That's my next note. <laughs> <laughs> you should definitely rewatch this. Yeah. Because <laughs> my notes that my notes are now like where he's back to the blind guy at Skid Row. Right. Like, basically, where he's now got to, got to pay the ghost. Oh, no, right, no, no, no. <laughs> right, we've still got a bit to go here yet, then. We get some right. dodgy exposition about Sam Hain and cult pagans. Yep. And then we get some more bullshit exposition from his foreign colleague. And this gets us the reasoning behind the opening sequence, which I still believe is almost pointless to preface the movie with that little clip. But this uh, colleague, she reads out the whole story of the witch, explains how she's going to come back every year on that day and steal children as payback, and then said, 
that's all the information I have. I'm like, cheers, Hen, that's actually more than enough information. You've just spoon-fed us there. What a good book you found. <laughs> <laughs> like that, that one book literally just gave us the entire plot for this film. Yeah. It's saying after that. Right, well, can I, right, I've got another dodgy <laughs> note, right? But this, I think it's supposed to be funny, but I don't know what I'm supposed to mean. But basically, I think the witch, like, is... Does the witch talk to Nicolas Cage at all? It, like, to she come and haunt him in, in person? Because my... my uh, Next note is, you read my story out of a book that has existed since I was murdered. You're going out the windy. <laughs> oh, no, that's right. Aye, that's what happens because now now the, uh, the the foreign colleague tells that story over the phone and then she gets chucked out the windy with the ghost. Aye, that's it. That's the psychiatrist. Right, okay, right, right. Aye, you read my story out of a book that's existed since I was murdered. Out the windy. And then we get a uh, slow-running Nicolas Cage. That, but that's another thing. You see if this ghost is that fucking raging and she wants to kill the kids... Yeah. Why is she killing the psychiatrist? Yeah, no, exactly. There's no need. There's no need to kill her. No. There's no need to kill Andy apart from the kids. No. She's just daft. So then it's after this where this he, is he's, when he goes. He's back to Skid Row. Yeah. So he's back to the blind guy who now actually reveals quite a lot that he, he's got to go into the ghost world, but he's got to give him his watch first. Yeah, of course I watched the pass over to the other side. Why didn't the guy just tell him that at the start? We'd have yeah. saved a good fucking 25 minutes of the movie if he just went, actually, I do know some shit. Aye. Rather than go, oh, here it's there, pay the ghost. Or oh, what does that mean? Don't know, mate. Cross a watch. Else. <laughs> right, nope. And then 25 minutes later, actually, I do. You've got to cross over into that bridge there and engage your watch. I'd maybe just say, ah, fuck, my kid's gone and just gone on my life like the Chinese cook was. I know, at what point do you think, right, this is too fucking mental, just, <laughs> just leave it. Yeah. <laughs> like, you can always have an kid or find one. Like, uh, how how much do you want to fight fucking ghost witches and vultures and stuff like that? I know, exactly. To be honest, I think the first phone call to the police would probably be my last attempt. Like, <laughs> you looking for them? Cool, right, no worries. Right, l- 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 let me know if you find them. <laughs> I'm going back to work. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I don't like about these movies though? Why the fuck is it Nicolas Cage's fault that she was born at the stake? You know what I mean? Why does she take such a like like you were just saying earlier on, like why is she so raging? Like like why is this grudge continuing, continuing and continuing all these years? You know? Just Just because it, it just may- it just is and that's it. And you think she maybe do it for like the, the maybe the next five years? Just get the kids of all the people that burnt her and that's it. Yeah. Then that that's your revenge. You don't need to then do it fucking four hundred years later and still be just getting f- like taking kids from people who don't even know the story yeah they've nothing to do with it I know it's nonsense yeah it's kind of like insidious though when he goes on the other side and it's just like um, all the dead kids just standing around yeah it made me think of uh, also the original Stephen King's it as well where are all the dead kids <laughs> some of them had uh, their old fashioned costumes and all that and it's actually quite a creepy scene I was going to say that the, out of all the kind of terrible CGI and effects, that that one was slightly unsettling. Yeah, I thought that's actually it's quite a good uh, a wee creepy part. They so he manages to find his son standing in all these with all these kids, and he yeah, puts but he, his, say, he say, you know he says the, the kid's name. So what is what's the boy called? Like Charlie. Uh, yeah, he says, yeah. he says like Charlie or whatever his name is, and so many kids put their hands up. Yeah. And he's got to go around each one of them and try to find his Charlie. Yeah. Why doesn't he just go, Charlie? Charlie Cage. Dad, yeah, Charlie Cage, whose dad is Nick Cage and mum is Lassie from Walking Dead. 
and then only one kid's going to put his hand up. Yeah. And you can go straight to him. But it, it, it was quite tense when he finds his kid and then his kid has also found the wee Chinese lassie and the other wee boy and wants to take them with him. But why, why shoehorn those R2 kids in? Just fucking drop that story. Just have it. Nicholas Cage and his one, one son and yeah. that's who he's got to find. There is no need for those other two kids. Yeah. I No, I agree. But it, it, it was quite tense, right? So when they're trying to get out and they're trying to get back across the bridge and then the the, uh, the witches make, uh, come in to get them. But she looks like she comes flying out and she looks like she's kind of turned into nice ghost for the kids that are there like as if she's nice to the kids that she's kidnapped does that make sense yeah but then all these wee superhero kids just come flying out of the house like and save like and start attacking her to try and save them yeah it doesn't make sense no it doesn't <laughs> I would have preferred this scene right because they get halfway across the bridge and then she starts to like grab Nicholas Cage and he gets the I'd have preferred, no, this is what I would have preferred. I, so then that's when the, the, the dead kids come and save him so then they can get another chance to run off the bridge. I would have preferred that if he motioned for the kids to run under him and he sacrificed himself uh, to, to, to the ghost to pay the ghost eventually. And that was the payment that the, the whole scene, the whole name of the movie was about. But Or at the end when the bridge breaks, if he was drops, like if it drops him now, he's hanging off the edge of the bridge and he died then. I thought that would be a really great kind of twist ending that Nicolas Cage doesn't make it out. But it would then it would still go against what the whole pay the ghost thing because you, you can only pay the ghost in three children. So Nicholas Cage staying there to pay the ghost still the ghost wouldn't be paid because she's like I don't want you I want the wins. Yeah. So it would have added another level of nonsense to the story if that had happened. Yeah, I suppose. But so the, does, Nicholas, does Nicholas Cage ever die in movies? Uh. Just thinking off the top of my head, I, I don't remember him ever being dead in a movie I don't he probably is but he might I must have he must be but I don't I think, think so. he's got it in his contract that he can't be killed <laughs> that'd be amazing I'd love to see a Nicolas Cage contract <laughs> I'll see how he signs it I bet he's got a big stamp like a wax seal or something something bonkers <laughs> so they get out from over the bridge and they walk out I, th- I don't even think you get to see them the other two kids going home I think they just they just disappear mm. Yeah, but why, why are they there? You yeah. don't care about them. They're no. just there. And he, oh, by the way, same time. He's also saved two other kids, but let's never mention that again. Yeah. But they come out and it's now morning and then the wee boy acts as if he's like, he doesn't re- remember anything that happened. But he's not even asking why it's morning. And I know we can all part until the sun comes up, but he's like seven. <laughs> he should be knackered. Hi. <laughs> and that is it. That's how it finishes. Then you got a post-credits finisher, which where is it? The witch opens her eyes. Uh, it's the psychic after she's like fell out the window, so she's it's kind of zooms into her and she opens her eyes. And I think it's meant to show that the ghost or the witch is still there. So next year there's going to be another three kids going missing, which is fucking nonsense because she never get paid this year. So you think she would just sack it rather than going back out the next year to try to get the three kid payment? I know she'll be in arrears. That's it, right? Nicholas Cage just trumped him. Also, in like 400 years, you think one other parent would have found that information out and done exactly what Nick Cage done? Because it wasn't that hard. It was literally out of one book. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know. So, do all other parents not give a fuck about the kids? Clearly not. They either, they either go to fuck and become hillbilly drunks or they just keep cooking Chinese food. Is that, why, is that why he's a college professor? So then you believe that, ah, 
he has access to a library. <laughs> yeah, <I think laughs> all, so. his art, all his art parents in Manhattan do not have access no. to a library. Have you ever seen a Chinese person in a library before? <laughs> off the top of my head, no. <laughs> <laughs> actually, probably quite a lot of them. Actually, that's pretty, that's pretty harsh for me because they're not all cooks. Some of them are really good at maths. <laughs> And we're back. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what, what, did you, what did you think of Pay the Ghost overall then? Oh, I thought I'd conveyed my feelings of Pay the Ghost quite well throughout that. <laughs> Pay the Ghost was fucking nonsense. It, it had some Nick Cage charm, but not enough to make... Like, Vampire's Kiss was an excellent film. Absolute batshit crazy, but Nicolas Cage was full Nick Cage. He reined it back in this a bit too much that then left me a wee bit disappointed. See, it's if he did go on one of his mad, screaming, mental benders, you would put up with the rest of the, the, the terrible CGI, the terrible stuff. Who painted Pay the Ghost on the wall? I know, I know. I don't. Uh, that's what, that. Why was there a wall for yeah. it? It's I know. Fucking weird. Uh, but, like, you would put up with all of that just for the, the Nick Cage freakouts, but he. He reined it back too much to the point it was just such a kind of less than mediocre film. It just trundled along. The the plot was then shoehorned into that one paragraph from a book that, or oh, by the way, this is what's happening. Yeah. All right, cool. And then, yeah, it's, it's not it's not a good film. Not a good film at all. I've got the. Uh, it was all right. Some good scenes. Some creepy scenes. Some, there was some good kind of jump scares that weren't cheap, uh, albeit they were obvious and expected. It was quite a subdued performance from Cage, but given the subject matter, I've wrote here that after my watch, I, th- I thought he handled it quite well. Uh, but some of the some of the lore they created and the reasons for the whole movie happening were very weak. Overall, it was an an enjoyable middle of the road horror, and because of that, I gave it six drawn on eye patches out of ten. Six. I gave a sick. This is what I gave back back in September. No. No. We're going to, need to actually start. We're going to, need to start writing down what we're giving movies. So when you say a six, I can go back and find out what else you gave a six. And compare <laughs> compare it, to it. it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd give this a three. A three. A three. And in a perfect world, I want to give every Nick Cage movie a ten because I do wish Nick Cage was my pal. I do think he's brilliant. I think he's actually, in some movies, he's actually a very good actor. And then he plays the Nick Cage character brilliantly, where it might be him, it might just be an act, but he's fucking mental. And I wish he only did brilliant movies, but this I don't think this was a fun watch at all. I've already watched it twice, and I think that's way Enough. too many times. I. I don't think I'd ever go back and watch it. I don't think I'd ever buy it. I know I would never buy it on DVD or Blu-ray. Yeah, and I think in five years, if you're talking about Nick Cage movies, if you try to think of 30 Nick Cage movies, Penny Ghost doesn't even come into that. Yeah. So, yeah, a three, a three out of ten. So I think that's, that's fair, I think. I think in terms of... <laughs> I think hopefully in, in upcoming episodes we'll be able to watch two of the more recent Nicolas Cage movies that have once came out and one's just about to come out for us. I think that uh, mm. we'll, and he's and it's full on Cage rage. So I will we'll, we'll get them up for uh, some episodes uh, soon. That's uh, Mum and Dad and Mandy. But uh, yeah, this one it, it, it was no Cage rage whatsoever. 
so it's underwhelming in terms of what you expect now from Nicolas Cage. Yeah. Aye, yeah. Especially with what I've already talked about mum and dad on the episode, uh, a previous episode. Uh-huh. Mum and dad was fucking brilliant because it was bonkers cage and it was fun and that's the type of movies you should do. Just play the, play the cage character to the fucking level of living and just yeah. go for it. Uh, or be completely serious and be a, a, a very decent actor. Yeah, but when he when he's kind of straddling the middle ground, it just it doesn't work for me, and I feel terrible saying that because I, 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 I'm worried that he listens and thinks I, hate him. I don't I don't I don't hate you, Nick. I want you to be the best the best Nick you can be. Yeah, you just it just wasn't in this film. No, no, I agree with that. Uh, so I was looking at weird stuff in the news. I thought. That's actually quite good. I could keep bringing in weird news stories. Like, see the way we used to do the... Oh, like conspiracy theories. Yeah. And then you went off your head with, like, flat air stuff. I found two. And they're actually, they're quite related. And it's, they're both from America. And America, man, you need to stop. There was a man tasered by the police because he wouldn't stop doing a certain thing that he was doing. Let's tell you what it was. He was fucking a car. He was dick <laughs> in the exhaust of a car and the police told him to stop. And he refused to stop. And he kept fucking the car. And the article, it literally says, tried to get him to stop, but he persisted. He seemed oblivious to what he was doing, so the police decided to taser him. If he's drunk and oblivious to what he's doing with his dick in an exhaust, just walk over and pull him off the car. Don't taser him. Yeah, I know. Like You don't need to taser him. You could literally just... You know, pull the guy back or just say, look, see when you're finished, you're getting charged with, like, indecent exposure. And rape, because the car's not <laughs> But the guy... Also, if is... you see, an exhaust pipe's actually quite wide in, in you know, in circumference. I don't know if he'd filled the exhaust. Right. He could just be, like, tickle it, tickle it and edge it. <laughs> you just think you're going to get much, you know, benefit of it. It was four times the legal alcohol limit. It was Kansas in the US of course it was the US uh, and it says it had an audience of six other witnesses watching at the time <laughs> an audience six people watched this guy get down on his knees and fuck a car watched the police turn up and tell him to stop six people watched him persist in fucking the car and then watched this man with his dick out get tasered and then did, did nobody put it up online <laughs> six people did nothing to stop this nothing to intervene nothing to go listen it's my pal he does this a lot it's alright I'll stop it they just let it all happen that is six of the worst friends that you want <laughs> watching your back when you are drunk and finding cars attractive <laughs> yeah, but he's 24 he's 24 he was taken to hospital and given a chance to sober up and there's a there's actually a scan of what he was done for so he was charged with lewd and loot. Lud and Lud and something else behaviour. <laughs> uh, and it said he unlawfully, intentionally, and publicly exposed a sex organ or exposed a sex organ in the presence of another person who is not the spouse of the offender and who is not consented thereto, with intent to arouse or gratify the sexual desires of oneself or another. No point does it say he was fucking a car. <laughs> So, 
you can go in as the car park, get your dick out, start teabagging the back of Nissan Micra, and all you're going to do is get done with exposure. Right, so is so that what you, is, is, are you saying that that's what you want to do? I'm saying that, well, do you know what? Why not? Because in any future jobs, they're going to say, right, you've got a criminal record here, or exposure, or listen, I was, I was pissing outside and the police came by and done me with that. Oh, cool, you're going to believe that. They should yeah. have in it. This man was fucking a car. So at no point can he excuse himself. He was fucking a car. <laughs> Wild. And then there was another story, kind of similar to that, which was, man, high on drugs, swims in holy water naked and pleasures himself in front of the mass service. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zachary Burdick, 21, was arrested early Tuesday at the Spirit of Life Roman Catholic Church in Mandan, US, according to the New York Post. Church officials asked Burdick to leave the building, which also houses a preschool, after he was spotted trying to bless Catholics with the Book of Mormon. Which is actually quite funny. <laughs> uh, however, shortly after being told to leave, he came back to the church, stripped down before hopping into its holy water fountain. He got out, walked down the aisle while masturbating as a group of worshippers were attending mass. Have you ever tried to wank while walking? <laughs> actually quite difficult. This man should be applauded. He was arrested shortly after in suspicion of indecent exposure. Suspicion. It remains, <laughs> it remains unclear how many members were present in the congregation. It's also yet to be confirmed if any preschoolers were in the building at the time. The church told the local Bismarck Tribune it would now drain, sterilise and re-bless its holy water. <laughs> if this guy gets charged for this, this guy's getting charged for indecent exposure again. If he goes to get a job, he can pass it off that he's pissed up a wall. <laughs> have in it that he got into a holy water fountain and ripped the heat off it during mass <laughs> why why are they why are they not putting what they've actually done on the fucking crime sheet I'm dead. I have no idea no wonder people are fucking cars and wanking themselves in chapel because it, it, they can get away with it yeah wild Wild. I understand that's got nothing to do with anything, but I read both the stories and I was like, I'm going to have to shoehorn that into the episode somewhere. <laughs> There's also uh, apparently Tupac's been seen again. Oh really? Yeah. See, so, like they're, they're convinced he's alive, and I did believe it for a while, but he's fully dead. But yeah, it's fully dead. Do you, do you not listen? Like read, like thinking Puff Daddy shot him. Oh yeah, the Eminem thing. Can I say that out loud? You can't. Puff Daddy will come after you. Right, uh, sorry. You know, he's, not, uh, he's not called Puff Daddy anymore, you're showing your age. Uh, P. Diddy. P. Diddy. Is he still called P. Diddy? Uh, Diddy. Diddy. Diddy? He did. Diddy. <laughs> well, apparently, Tupac is hiding in a cave in Malaysia. Of course he is. Uh, it's, <laughs> and do you know the cave he's hiding in? Or the Batu Caves? And when we went travelling, that is the cave that a bat shot in my hat. <laughs> I, had, I had a Chilby hat and a bat shot on it and I had to put it in the bin. And I've been in that cave. There's like a kind of temple inside it. There's no lodgings or anywhere to house a, a, a fleeing rapper, gangster rapper in Malaysia. It's absolutely nonsense. But the article, obviously this guy's son is saying that def, like, he's seen him. He's definitely, that's where he's hiding. He's hiding in this massive tourist attraction in Kuala Lumpur. But it then... The article then sorry, talks about to a, a policeman who says he is absolutely, positively dead. I know he means a lot to you, but the guy is gone and never coming back. 
Just to clarify, when I say gone, I don't mean gone abroad. In case any conspiracy <laughs> theorists misconstrue that line, I mean he is dead. He had multiple gunshot wounds in his body. There were large caliber wounds to his torso and vital organs. He is one million percent dead. <laughs> Why are they still having to fucking clarify this? The fuck knows, man. The officer, that's the officer that was there the night he got shot. That, that, that's his relation. But yeah, Tupac's hiding in a cave in Malaysia. People are bonkers, like really, they're, they're absolutely bonkers. I think we should start Tupac Watch. I'm going to scour the web for every Tupac scene and just look at <laughs> every episode until eventually Tupac actually appears or people just give up. I don't think Andy's going to give up. People still think Elvis is alive after they saw the uh, groundskeeper of uh, Graceland looking specifically or uh, suspiciously like an old Elvis. To us, Elvis is still alive. Alright, so Elvis is alive, but Tupac isn't he? Yeah. Okay. Tupac was definitely sure Elvis died in the toilet, which is very suspicious. Okay. So, yeah, Elvis is still alive, Tupac's not. Have you watched anything good recently? I have watched, uh, I've watched a bunch of different things. Uh, I've caught up on some movies. I watched Thor Ragnarok, which is really fucking good. I watched Baby Driver, which again is really fucking good. Yeah. Um... The Walking Dead started back. It's all right. Uh, oh, all right. Aye, I mean it's because it's, it's changed now. Because even even the title sequence now is like more like brand new, as if it's like the new world has started. So it's less about the post-apocalyptic world and more about stuff like you know. So and it'll never reach as far as the comics has got. And this is this season. Rick is going to die or leave it. So like they really need to just wrap it up. Like they're not getting anywhere. So especially if number one, especially if number one fanboy is just saying it's all right. Yeah, I I think I need it. I need it to be like on a streaming service, and I can binge watch it. And I want to see us waiting a week yeah. to get the next part. That that does my head in. But anyway, so I'll see how it goes, and I think it's, it should be all right. It should get quite intense because if Rick is definitely leaving it, though, it will not leave in a small. You know, we bang it will be a, an absolute crazy blaze of glory. So it'll be quite good to see. Uh, I've watched some of the new American Horror Story. I don't have a fucking scoop hey. what's going on. <laughs> they've, they've, there's, uh, there was the end of episode two. There was a big main se- se- uh, sequence where Kathy Bates gets shot, and she's a. Uh, am I, that, you got to watch it. Will I spoil it? No, I just spoil it. Spoiler warning. She gets shot, and she's a robot. And then the start of the next episode happens and maybe talks about what just happened. Like the two people were like about to get executed and one of them kind of broke free and shot Kathy Bates. And then next episode, it was just that like they were just all back in the same room as if none had happened. And at the end of this episode, they all died. They were only episode three. I really what have no it idea. Called? It's called what Apocalypse. It called? Apocalypse. And there's the nuclear bomb has landed. And then some people were allowed into a shelter, but now I think they've been in the shelter for maybe like a year, and the people running the shelter have decided to say fuck the rules and just made it their own shelter. So they've like they're running it like a like a early nineteen hundreds like like they're all dressed like all in old fashioned clothes, and Kathy Bates and Sarah Paulson are in charge of it, but they're like saying that you cannot have any sexual relations whatsoever. You must do what we tell you, and it's like quite like you'd be like oh, fuck. I wish I was outside with the bomb actually because that's a shite in here. But uh, they've they've brought back the the gimp man from season one, and then they've just went and brought back the witches from the coven, and so I don't understand what's going on. Yeah. So I gave up uh, halfway through the freaks series. Like I, I was kind of enjoying it, but it started getting too all over the place for me, and I was just like, nah, fuck it. 
Yeah. I'd rather spend my time watching brilliant things like Pay the Ghost. So I'll probably not even bother watching that. I have started, I'm only 10 minutes in so far because um, we, we found we had time to record this, but I've, I'm starting The Haunting of Hill House. I hear yeah, it's going was, to be fantastic. Yeah. I there was there was a jump scare in the first episode right within the first ten minutes and it's done in a way that is because I watched it with my earphones on so that I can get fully immersed and it it gave me a kind of jump fright but it's like it's not cheap in any any way whatsoever because it's literally just the noise of what happened but it's just because it jumps between something that wasn't happening to that noise and it's just like oh fuck and it's done very very well I've also heard that the director put loads of kind of CGI ghosts in the background through every episode and you can catch them like if you're for eagle-eyed viewers, so it's quite creepy. But I seen some horror page that I'm following on Facebook that said that they binge watched the whole thing, and in episode eight, they said, "Wow, that was such a shock! I actually had to sit for 15 minutes after the episode was finished to process what I'd just seen before I could watch the next episode." And I was like, "That's what I want to see. I like, I love a cliffhanger ending, like like a big shock like that in a TV show." So I'm looking forward to watching that all the way through. Yeah, I've seen I've seen a few folk mention it. I obviously I didn't see that comment. But yeah, it sounds like it could be something special. Yeah. Uh, Netflix are hitting out of the park because yeah. the new Apostle looks mm-hmm. fucking amazing. Yeah, I've heard people just... people really say it's fantastic. So I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out. We check Haunting the Hill House. Probably won't check out American Horror Story. But I I don't really know. Like I'm not getting that. There's too there's too many brilliant things coming out just now mm-hmm. or out that I don't really have time to spend it on average things that I'm only watching because I watched like or I maybe enjoyed the first series or the first two series yeah. see if I didn't enjoy the last one I'm not going to watch it yeah uh, we've also actually been watching Grey's Anatomy oh really? which I know isn't strictly horror but it is a quite good fun enjoyable drama that uh, I don't know if you've watched it at all is it not just Scrubs but sadder scrubs without the jokes yeah <laughs> pretty, pretty much but it is it's like it's, you get so uh, sucked in and involved and uh, Lauren's watching it more than me so she's kind of skimming through if I'm at work next shift she's jumping through episodes and that, but I'm getting used to the characters and we just watched the if anybody has watched it at home I won't spoil it because it's, it is one of those kind of things that y- you need to watch but there's the end of season 6 start of season 7 that kind of cliffhanger thing that finale was incredible and I didn't know it was coming because I haven't seen any spoilers for this season at all and the the event just happens and it happens so fast and out the blue you're like oh my god it was it was it was really quite good oh really so I agree if you've got time there's, there's like 15 seasons they're all in sky sky but they're in sky box set now so we're just kind of watching through them when the two is are in the house together but uh, it, is, it is quite good if you're not doing anything else I can tell you right now I've not got time <laughs> for that shit <laughs> uh, cool so we'll be back soon with our next episode which is my pick yeah yes uh, we know again a little peek behind the curtain we've already watched it uh, because we were meant to record them like fucking last month yeah uh, so just we won't tell them what the movie is but did you think it was a good pick or are you hating me for it I hate you for it <laughs> I watched it I on the I watched, <laughs> I watched it on the plane to Mexico and I was fucking Boards to tears. <laughs> now it's more because you were on a plane as opposed <laughs> to the movie. Probably I'll, a bad, I'll, a bad, a bad environment to watch that film in. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you all my, my thoughts and feelings when we get around to recording that episode. 
<laughs> so we'll see you guys uh, when we see you for episode 76 and take care of each other be responsible and look out for an ice cream van pedos <laughs> see you later All my homies drinking liquor, tears in everybody's eyes Niggas cried to mourn the homies homicide But I can't cry instead of just to show the damn Why they take another soldier? I load my clip, I throw my eyes blurry Don't worry, I get them suckers back before you bury Retaliate full of 187 Two real niggas get to go to heaven How long will they move it? Bury me a motherfucking G Bitch don't wanna die, then don't fuck with me it's kinda hard to be optimistic when your homies lying dead on the pavement, twisted. Y'all don't hear me though. I'm trying hard to make amends, but I'm losing all my motherfucking friends. Damn, they should have shot me when I was born. Now I'm trapped in the motherfucking storm. How long will they move me? I wish you would have been another. <laughs> How long will they move me? After niggas all dead and shit. How long will they move me? Trigger you my fucking